Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Welcome, you're listening to World Weekly with me, Ben Hall. On the show this week, we'll be looking at how the US and the EU are responding to the Ukraine crisis and Russian meddling in the east of the country. German Chancellor Angela Merkel is in Washington this week for talks with President Barack Obama, and Ukraine will undoubtedly top the discussion. Washington has led the way on sanctions, imposing asset freezes and travel bans on dozens of senior Russians and a score of companies and banks in an attempt to show Vladimir Putin, the Russian leader, that Russian interference in Ukraine will bring rising economic costs. The EU, led by Mrs Merkel, Europe's most powerful leader, has, on the other hand, appeared hugely reluctant to follow suit and seems deeply resistant to tougher economic sanctions, given the much more important economic ties between Europe and Russia. Is that a fair description of the state of affairs? Joining me down the line from the US is Jeff Dyer, the FT's Washington correspondent, and on the line from Berlin, Stefan Wagstel, the FT's Berlin bureau chief. Jeff, can I come to you first? What's the sort of latest thinking on handling Putin's Russia in Washington, given the events in Ukraine of this week with Kiev's authority in the east appearing to ebb away? Well, I think that the visit of Angela Merkel comes at a very important time, I think, for the White House, because they're, they're under a lot of pressure to really sort of start acting much more unilaterally. Really, for the last couple of months, the White House has been very keen to try and at least give the impression that it's working in lockstep with the EU. And so even though the U.S. sanctions have been a bit tougher, it's always very keen to have the EU also doing something at the same time. But now that you have this situation in eastern Ukraine where it does seem that the situation is destabilizing more and more, it's going to be harder and harder to have the elections next month. There's a lot of pressure on the U.S. to really kind of step up the measures it's taking on Russia. And if it can't get the EU along online, then there's a lot of people saying the administration should just go out ahead and start doing its own thing. And there are some things it can do. There are sort of sanctions it can take against Russian banks, for instance, that would be very damaging, which doesn't necessarily need EU approval or support from. But I think the White House is still very reluctant to go down that route, and so that's where this visit is very important. It's a chance for President Obama to try and forge a much closer consensus with the Germans, from the American point of view, to stiffen the German spine and to try and get them on board with taking tougher action on the slightly murkier kind of Russian intervention in Eastern Ukraine. It isn't an outright invasion, but which is clear destabilization. Is a President Obama reluctant to go it alone with tougher sanctions because he wants to maintain diplomatic unity, or is there U.S. self-interest at heart here? There's a bit of both. I mean, he doesn't necessarily want there would be repercussions against American companies as well, potentially. So he doesn't necessarily want to expose American companies more than he needs to. But I think it's more about the diplomatic argument. I think he thinks that the more that the EU and the U.S. can act together, the more that they will put genuine economic and diplomatic pressure on the Russians. And if the U.S. gets that too far ahead, then that slightly weakens the leverage that they have over the Russians to the extent that they have any leverage at this particular moment. Stefan, Germany is Europe's economic powerhouse, but many people in uh, Europe and the U.S. are hoping that it can start flexing its strategic muscles, if you like. Can we expect anything from Merkel this week? One of the Chancellor's favourite phrases is step by step. And I think that she is applying this exactly to sanctions 
you see a very gradual toughening in her language and a repeated pointing out of the fact that the situation on the ground is getting worse in East Ukraine and therefore sanctions are getting closer. But she's maddeningly avoiding, at least in public, giving any timetables or specific measures that she might consider. So this is understandably irritating to those in the United States and some East European countries that might want to go faster and further. On the other hand, Merkel is very mindful of the fact that as Europe's strongest power, she has to take the rest of Europe with her, and that's 28 countries. And she also has to take the rest of her own country with her. And there in Germany, opinions are divided. And it's fair to say that on balance, she's probably more sceptical about Russia than most Germans. Can you envisage a situation short of full Russian invasion of eastern Ukraine where the Germans would adopt or encourage the rest of Europe to adopt much tougher economic sanctions on Russia? Yes, but they would have to be noticeably more aggressive than today. I mean, I imagine, for example, if something were to happen, God forbid, to the hostages, including the German officers who are held captive, that could certainly trigger outcry here and might force the government into some sort of action, particularly if it was combined with violence or increased violence elsewhere in East Ukraine. Jeff, do you think the Americans themselves are trying to sort of recalibrate the trigger point for tougher sanctions? Very much so. I mean, I think there's a wide recognition in the last couple of weeks that you know, the Russians are now operating in what one diplomat here calls a sort of grey zone, where the, you know, there are clear indications that they're taking steps to destabilise eastern Ukraine or large bits of eastern Ukraine, but not going far enough to actually have an outright intervention that would justify the kind of sanctions that are being prepared. And so I think there is a, definitely a recognition here that we need to, to slightly rethink the strategy and rethink what would be the occasions that you would start to impose much tougher sanctions. I think Stefan's right. I think that, you know, the fate of the hostages is one of the potentially emotional flashpoints that could change the debate. The other big events coming up is um, both this referendum in eastern Ukraine and then the elections in Ukraine later in May. And I think if it got closer to the elections and it was clear that those elections were just not viable, then you might start to see the U.S., I think, really start to ramp up the pressure on the European countries and say, you know, we really need to get tougher now. You know, we, we, we can't you know, make the you know, outright military intervention a red line any longer. We need to think of other, other triggers. Stefan, is German reluctance just driven by economic self-interest? That's what a lot of people, I think, in Europe would think and in the U.S., I think it's more complicated than that. I think that the economic self-interest is very important, but so is the decades of commitment that the foreign ministry and the foreign policy establishment here has made and invested in relations with Russia. The rebuilding of relations with, first of all, the Soviet Union after the Second World War, the recognition of the enormity of that event and the shared suffering in some ways that it involved in both countries, and then Ostpolitik and the reunification of Germany all this looms very large among the people who make German foreign policy today, and they don't want to undermine it, let alone throw it away. And do you see in Germany a rising suspicion of American motives and in their approach to Russia? There's long been a low-level anti-Americanism, which goes back decades. It was made much worse last year by the NSA spy scandal, which has made Germans more suspicious of the US and its motives. But people tell me it's nothing like as bad as over Iraq, when the U.S. is quite clearly trying to push Germany and others into supporting actions that the Germans found completely unacceptable. So in comparison with the mood a decade ago, it's somewhat better. 
does Angela Merkel have any hope that Vladimir Putin will back away from the situation in Ukraine? any hope, then I think she still has. But it's certainly a diminishing hope. One thing that's changed here in the last six weeks or so of this crisis is a real sense of loss of trust in Russia. There was always a saying in Germany that Russia might be difficult, but it's trustworthy. It's a reliable partner. And the main evidence of that was that no matter what, the gas supplies were never cut off. And to be fair, they still haven't been. However, in the last six weeks or so, Putin's behavior, particularly as somebody has put it to me here, so that he's constantly hiding what he's doing, right? Which to the Germans amounts, frankly, to dishonesty. And so they're seeing a dishonesty and a perception of, of dishonesty and from that mistrust of Moscow, which wasn't there before and is making that old argument about the reliability of Russia much harder to make. And Jeff, finally, there was a moment when the Americans thought that Angela Merkel had a special leverage with Vladimir Putin and that she could somehow bring him to his senses. That's long past, though, hasn't it? I think so, yes. I mean, I think they see her very much as sort of the linchpin of trying to bring Europe into taking a much tougher stance towards Russia. I mean, obviously, they understand very strong economic links that Germany has. And also, they're very aware of all of the historical legacy that Stefan was talking about. Well, I mean, they understand that this is a deeply sensitive and difficult issue for the Germans. But I think they feel that if they can you know, slowly and surely pull her into taking a tougher line, then it'll be much easier to get lots of other European countries on board and to have a much stronger, coordinated EU-US position. So that's, again, why I think this is such an sort of important visit from the US point of view. It's coming exactly at the right time. And, of course, as Stefan mentioned, the very silver lining in all this is that this has happened two months ago. We'd only be talking about the NSA scandal. And the U.S. would find it a very difficult visit, at least from the U.S. point of view. That's not going to be fore in front of what when she's here. They're going to have to mention it and talk about it, but it's not going to be the main issue. And on that point, that's it for this week. My thanks to Stefan Wagstall and Jeff Dyer. World Weekly is produced by Katie Carney. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.